You are listening to Embodied, Empowered, Engaged, a podcast for women. I'm your host, Mackenzie Eason, self-love coach, part mermaid, and full believer in the power of healing disconnect. Through honest storytelling, personal inquiry, and vulnerability, we explore what it takes to truly inhabit ourselves and engage in life with true heart and service. This podcast serves as an antidote for the tendency to mask, bypass, avoid, or disassociate from parts of ourselves and each other. If you crave the realness, connection, and nourishment in the sometimes messy process of coming into yourself, this is the place for you. If you're vibing with the show, be sure to follow me on Instagram for updates at Kenzie Ma Eason, K-E-N-Z-I-E-M-A-E-A-S-O-N, and also grab your free guided self-love meditation at KenzieEason.com. You can also now become a supporting member of the podcast fam at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Embodied Empowered Engaged. Okay, those are the deets. Now take a big breath in and enjoy today's episode. Naomi Love is a wisdom keeper. She has been in the healing arts for over 25 years and has worked with over 60,000 clients and trained over 50 practitioners through her living school, The Wise Womb Medicine Path. Naomi is a ceremonialist and a facilitator. She is a master body worker, certified clinical herbalist, certified clinical nutritional therapist, flower essence practitioner, aromatherapist, shamanic practitioner, womb whisperer, evolutionary alchemist, yoga instructor, birth and postpartum doula, medium, and channel. She is also a Tao Tantric priestess, sacred feminine facilitator, medicine maker, and an intimacy and relationship coach. Naomi weaves her 20-plus years of education masterfully with her life experiences and is able to track the unseen realms to support the people she holds space for, to return home, to the truth of themselves, to the remembrance of why you are here. Naomi truly meets you in loving presence, and from there, anything is possible. Okay, well, welcome everyone to this episode of the podcast. I have a special treat today in that I'm having Naomi Love here on the podcast, and it's special for many reasons. She's an incredible woman and, woman and has so many teachings and offerings to share, and we both happen to be on Maui, which feels like a really rare, special thing. So um, really excited to hear about your journey and the work you're doing in the world. You just seem like a perfect fit for what this podcast is all about. And before we dive in, just first and foremost, welcome. I'm just really Thank grateful you're here. Thank you so much. It's such an honor to be here with you, fellow Maui sister. So I begin each podcast episode with a little drop-in. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you know what's coming. If this is your first time listening, we begin each episode with a guided um, moment for us to drop in. So if you're listening, this is an invitation for you to take a pause in your day and take inventory, feel your body, see what's here for you. And then also it's a great time for me and Naomi to drop in, create a container for our conversation and also get really present with each other. And we'll take a moment to share back and forth, Naomi, a couple words or phrases that um, articulate what we've noticed and what's here today. Beautiful. Awesome. So taking a moment here, closing your eyes, if that's comfortable, and start to deepen your breath. Ah, Let it feel good. See how you can let your breath feel pleasurable for it to be nurturing, nourishing for you. Maybe having a sigh in there. Inviting in that coming home feeling. Previous uh, guest on the podcast, Valerie, she talked about this sensation of crawling back into her body and coming back into herself. So I really invite that sensation right now. And as you breathe... Start to notice and scan from the very top of your head, from your crown, trickling down your face, 
your neck. Noticing, like a loving scientist, seeing, just like, what's here? Just observing sensations, thoughts, tension, openness, colors, anything that arises for you as you scan down your body, down your chest, the front of your heart, the back, shoulders, arms, elbows, fingers, and also down the central hub of your body, through your core, belly, trickling down to your pelvis, base of your spine. And like a waterfall down to your legs, your thighs, your knees. And eventually down to your feet. And taking a couple more breaths, seeing what's here. And we'll take a couple moments here to share and I'll begin. Ah, so what I'm aware of right now, I noticed there was a, one of my eyes was a little like clenched shut, <laughs> a little tweaky. And it just felt really good to notice that and relax it. And ah, just feel the sensation how good it feels to bring awareness all the way down to my pelvis. I think my energy has been a little up in my head and a little in my chest. So it felt just like this flood of ah, relief. And I also am aware I had this really interesting experience um, two days ago where I was on the beach and actually got bit by a dog really surprisingly on my shin. And it's kind of this healing spot on my leg right now that was just kind of piping up for my tenderness and my care. Um, feels like there's some feelings in there too, but kind of jumped off the page for me right now. Hmm. Hmm. Will you feel ready, Naomi? Love to hear what you noticed. What's here for you today? Thank you. I'm noticing my eyes feel heavy and I'm sinking deeper into my bones, sitting on my seat. And I feel an effervescence within my cells as though they're vibrating. Mm. Hmm. Beautiful. Oh, that always feels so, so good to do. Just feel very present with you. And I like to begin our conversation with hearing a little bit about um, if I know there's so many parts and pieces and, and what I've learned from your work and looking at your website a bit as you have many trainings and, and lots of different things you bring to your work. Um, but I'm wondering just to start off, I'd love to hear a little bit about the work you do and whatever jumps off the page, um, any pieces of your journey of how you landed here, how you, how you got here today. Thank you. I love asking uh, about the journey um, that we each go through because I found in my experience and also working with practitioners how often it is our experiences of our lives that have led us to the path that we're on. Mm. And for me as a child, I was very much guided to the plant and animal nature realms as my place of solace, a place that sort of I received the most healing and nourishing nourishment and nurturing from. And so I would say the journey really began for me as a child. It was a lot, there were a lot of initiations that I went through uh, at the time, even as a young one, like uh, even pre-verbal. And those initiations are, it's so cool when you get older, you know, there's this wisdom that comes because you can start to see the patterns of your experiences in a different kind of way and the cycles of them. And so I can really see that like everything that I've ever experienced is what has led me 
to the paths that I've studied, to the path that I walk, to the path of what it is that I share. And so it was really through a lot of challenge. Initiations can often be challenging. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so it was through a lot of challenge, to be honest, that it led me to where I am in this moment, and that is to kind of choosing more ease in my life. And so whenever I'm speaking, you know, it's really coming from this experience of a lot of perceived hardship and a lot of struggle and a lot of challenge and really like a a deficiency of love was my experience of life for a very long time. And that's what led me to connecting more to the spiritual realms as a child. And that is what has been continually guiding me throughout my journey in studying and in teaching as well. That's mm-hmm. kind of vague. <laughs> the vague. Yeah, but I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get the essence. I, I'm curious, like, could you describe one of the those I got those challenging initiations and and like I guess for anyone who's listening describing a little bit more of what you mean by initiation and I'd also love to hear about one of those I know there's probably many to choose from but (laughs) one of those just like oh challenging moments and experiences that delivered you somewhere Mm -hmm. new on the other side I'd love to just hear about one of those I'll speak to some of the older ones from my childhood Mm -hmm. Um, was uh, kidnapped twice as a child and um, by my mother from my father. And uh, I disappeared for a long period of time and was missing uh, twice in, in um, like, I don't really actually know the ages. The timeline gets a little distorted with other people's uh, perceptions, right, mm. of their reality. And so those were, uh, I mean, of course, birth was the first initiation and I was born upside down and backwards home birth in the seventies. And, um, I think that that was, I have this, uh, visceral memory of that experience and kind of coming out and feeling immediately unsafe here on earth and with the people that I was, um, choosing or, or not of my family that I was born into. And, uh, and then through like kidnappings and a lot of abuse and, um, you know, sort of my perception would be uh, evil stepmother is how I would say it in the past and uh, being locked in basements and like evil stepsisters and, and just really a, so much, I mean, so much struggle and a lot of physical, emotional, spiritual, sexual abuse and it continued. And, you know, there's something that's so fascinating about having those experiences as a child, because whatever we experience, we think is normal. Right. And so for me, it was normal for years and years and years to sort of be deficient in love. And it was normal to have chaotic experiences. It was normal. I've been attacked five times physically. Um, uh, even up to like a few months ago, I was recently attacked. And it's, it, it's so fascinating to see like how we can start to think that the deficiency of love is normal. And but because of those experiences, I would then choose relationships that weren't reciprocal. I would then choose people in my life who weren't um, loving back. And so the initiations are really those things in our life that almost uh, in certain ways threaten our existence. And it doesn't mean that that's all that initiation is because there's like very specific initiations that we can do culturally or indigenous tribes would do, right? Our rites of passage would be initiations as well. But I'm speaking to the ones that are like, you know, car accidents and traumas and near-death experiences. In shamanism, we look at these as initiations. And it's where spirit literally just changes the narrative of our life through an experience. And that narrative may not always be what is perceived as a positive. And part of the journey of that initiation is to go into sometimes those deep shadow places within ourselves, those places where we've denied, where we've held, uh, where we've believed 
certain things that aren't necessarily serving us anymore. And then as we come out the other side, that's where the transformation happens. And oftentimes initiations can also be like the dark night of the soul, um, deep breakups with beloveds or with family members or friends. Uh, It can be those um, sort of midlife crises can also be considered an initiation into the next phase of life. And sometimes we need these kind of initiations in order to wake the fuck up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, uh, about five years ago, I had, um, I would say like the biggest initiation where I sort of uh, had a breakdown slash awakening experience. And so whenever we're looking towards expansion, which is something like in um, social media realm, it's like we're looking for positive, we're looking for the positive affirmations, we're looking for these awakening experiences. But what they don't say is the, is the um, caution. <laughs> underneath that says with the wake awakening comes the fucking breakdown of everything identified as real and true yeah. and so within that awakening there is a dissolution of different aspects of the self and maybe even of the ego's identified identification of what the self is and so I was talking to one of my students this morning and I was like it's pretty funny because you think like an awakening experience sounds so romantic right like mm-hmm. oh so romantic. I want to have that. And then I was like, too bad. Like the way it actually looks is after the awakening experience, my eyes, I got like dark circles under my eyes. My nervous <laughs> system was completely exhausted. I started gaining weight. Like I was yeah. like, I didn't look, I didn't like look very good, but yeah. this like amazing awakening experience. But with the expansion comes the contraction. And that's yeah. something that we can forget is sort of like a universal law of the plane of existence that we're in here on earth. Yes. Yes. That speaks right to my heart. And a big part of this podcast is shining light on the, the dark and sometimes messy process of coming into yourself and shining the light on like what you're describing, like those, those, the contraction that comes with the expansion and the, you know, those rites of passages or the initiations that really kind of this phrase like spelunking into the depths, you know, you're going to get plungered right into the deeper aspects of yourself as you're expanding out more. And um, yeah, I love that you're speaking to that because it's, it's such a real thing and it can be, you know, look messy and feel messy. Um, But what I'm getting is it's, you know, it's just so worth it. It's, yeah, it's, it's part of the experience here is with expansion comes contraction. So if we can also remember that as a universal law, mm-hmm. know that when we're in the expansion to enjoy the expansiveness and to know, as in Kundalini, they say it like whatever's coming around that, that the opposite is going to be coming around the bend. So right. stay within our center while in the expansion and in our center within the contraction, then we're not so thrown off. Mm-hmm. Extre- extreme con- uh, contrast between the two. Right, that you're anticipating it. It's not like you can normalize it. It's not that something's wrong. It's just like, oh, perfect. This is a part of the journey I was expecting. Okay, yes. great. It's part of the journey. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know that um, I see that in my work with clients and in my own relationships too is, is if me and my partner have just gone through a very big, expansive you know, new levels of love and connection we hold, okay, we might have uh, a time in the next week or so where we might bump into something, you know, or something deeper might come up given how much love we just expanded into. And that has been huge for us. Um, And I see that in my clients too, just that same thing you're speaking to, the normalizing, the anticipating and and honoring. I feel it as honoring the contraction just as much as the expansion. Yeah. We often think that there's something wrong Uh when we're in the contraction, like we're doing something wrong or, and we tend to like also project that out onto others and there's something that's very important within really honoring the expansion and contraction because, you know, the expansion feels so good. It's so, there can be like a bliss attached to it, right? There's this right. Sort of felt sense through the awakening process. I had three months where I was like, oh my God, is this what enlightenment feels like? 
Like there was these moments of complete dissolution of the self. And I was like one with animals and with nature. And I was like, wow. And then the moment it started to go away, it was like, oh no, I'm doing something wrong. What's wrong? Like mm. that was good. Come back, yeah. come back. Right. And, and we have to remember in those moments that that too is part of the experience. We have to remember and we have to forget to remember and then we remember and then we forget and then we remember and that's yes. part of it. And we get so attached to it because I think we're also sold as a collective, you know, this certain way that we think that the world works. And we've sort of been told this like, you know, when you're in alignment, everything is in the flow and everything is good and people will treat you with kindness and love and respect and generosity and abundance. And when mm -hmm. you when you're struggling and when there's constant chaotic clusters and shit shows and whatever else is happening, then you're not in alignment, then something's wrong. And it's really a challenge to begin to dissolve those ways of seeing the world. And it doesn't mean that those don't have a place because sometimes those are, you know, signs that we are, we need to check in. And sometimes this is life. Yeah. Yes. I feel that deeply. I am, I'm, my mind is going to, I'm curious about, you know, how you would, we're kind of speaking to this, there's like a thread here that we're speaking to around like uncovering what's, what's actually, um, I don't know, this word normalizing and what's normal and, and how as a child you're, you're just taking in your experiences and assuming and just learning like, oh, okay, this is the world. This is how life is. This is what I can expect, even if it's the pain and the hardship and massive trauma and um, that deficiency of love. And, and so I'm wondering, like, any either your journey or what you help your, the women that you work with, like this process of, of opening up to, to what's actually true and moving through those old um, perceptions, whether it's bliss, everything's good if it's bliss all the time only, or whether it's the, the orientation that you're deficient in love or, um, yes, yeah, anything you could speak to that. I just feel that as a thread here. Yes. That's a wonderful question. So I'm going to invite us all to just take a deep breath. <sighs> So in my work, I teach to all of humanity and the work that I am teaching in my school, which is called Wise Woman Medicine Path, is uh, it's really, it is teaching women practitioners how to uh, embody and do this work. And we do work with men, women, and transgender folk. I also work with children and animals and land and homes mm. and and so it's very much um, not just uh, women focused. It's about really how to be a human being on this planet and how to be in right relationship with ourself and how to reclaim our authority and where we've given it away. Because so often, you know, one aspect that I see in the healing arts is that a lot of the healers are sort of taking that authority of being a healer and running with it. And then we're shitting a lot on people and we got to stop shitting yeah. on because yeah. what's happening when we're shitting, when I'm telling you what you should eat, what you should believe, what something is for, you know, the spirit of bear, this is what bear medicine is. This is what owl medicine is, is that I'm actually overriding your intuition and I may be overriding your own sense of inner knowing. So one of the first stages that we work with in this work, which I'm calling the wise womb way and the womb is is really the portal that we all come into earth. And it's not about gender. It's not about woman or man. It's about just this portal to and from creation. So it's more of a metaphorical or metaphysical womb than just the tangible physicality, although that is the found, a foundational aspect of the work that we do um, in our practices. But one of these experiences that one of the things that we experience often is we also all tend to override ourselves. And so let's say that I say you see a bear in nature or you dream of a bear and you ask somebody, what does bear mean? When we do that, 
there's something where we're giving our authority away to someone else to tell us what something's for. And so what, one of the foundational principles is that we turn that back on you to say, well, what did you feel like in relationship to the bear? What was the felt sensation that you had in your body while in relationship to it? Because I could tell you what something is, but that might not speak to you because that's my relationship that I've built. So the foundation of what we do is we teach you to really, which is a remembrance of how to remember yourself. And so we come back first to just like you did when we began, which was so beautiful. What is it that I'm noticing? What is the felt sense, the quality of the sensation moving through my body? No matter what the external circumstance is, just what's happening right now. And so we check in with that, what's happening right now. And then we go into the next level and we say, okay, I'm noticing and we speak it out loud. Because when we speak it out loud, it actually kind of gives us the the higher self, the capital S self voice that is speaking rather than um, oftentimes when we just think it, it can be the smaller S self that is uh, maybe convincing and works more with resistance in the ego. So when we speak it out loud, I'm noticing the sensation of effervescence. Sometimes that effervescence could be also judged and described as pain, right? I'm feeling pain in my shoulder. Well, pain is a judgment. So we start to go behind all of that, that we, the storylines, the narratives that we've been telling ourselves, and we go into the felt sense. The body feels and the mind thinks. So we feel the sensations, we acknowledge them, and then we ask, we sit with them, we feel them, and then we ask these parts and pieces, what is it that they need? And it's usually something that we can give to ourselves. It's not something that we need from outside of ourselves. Not to say that we don't also have sacred needs that need to be met, you know, within our relationships, but we're speaking to what are the things that you can give yourself in this moment? And then we give ourselves that. So that's kind of like the, the foundational piece of one aspect because the wise womb medicine path, the wise womb way is the art of relating as a human being walking the earth. So it's going to be multifaceted, multidimensional. It's not something we can like kind of put in a labeled box and pretty and tidy. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> it's a little bit challenging for me to try to describe what it is that I do, right? Yeah. So much easier if I could be like, I do this, but this is this is going to the depth of ourself. And then from this place, we check in and we see what, how how something is influencing us, how it feels. And then of course we need education and, um, you know, we might want to study what that animal is and like learn it, but we still, we do it without giving our authority away. Hmm. That's so important. I feel that in such a big way. And it's just like that coming back to yourself and what you said that relating to yourself as a human and to life. It's like coming back to that, getting to the core, getting to the basics. And, and in my experience, yeah, it's like relearning how to bring that awareness back online and to, to um, re- recover the, the sensitivity and just the muscle, you know, of, of listening there. And so I love that you're speaking to that. And I, that piece of, I've actually had some experiences um, in different, kind of ceremonial or um, in medicine communities with the opposite of what you're describing with this kind of um, less empowerment on you listening to yourself. And I had one of my initiations was really having to go through that and have a phase where I felt so um, kind of manipulated and disempowered. And through that, came home to, to my truth and, and my listening. And um, so that is just so important what you're speaking to. I think it's just so incredibly paramount. So In the shadow side yeah. to giving our authority away that's ours is that we're actually giving up personal responsibility because mm-hmm. if we're away, now it's somebody else's fault. If right. 
work or if it didn't go well or whatever it is, that's it then out. And then that's actually us avoiding taking responsibility. And so that's another aspect of the wise womb way is personal responsibility. Where are we accountable for what's happening inside of ourselves while in relationship to the world? And where are we, where are we accountable for that? Because when we are giving our authority away, when I'm saying, when I'm calling you as a psychic or, and, and I'm not again saying that it's, it's not okay. It's of course always good to like call upon our community for support. Yeah. That's right. like there. And there's another piece where when I call a psychic and you're like, well, you should do this. And then if I do that and it doesn't work out well, I can blame you for it. Right. Where it's my choice to then take that action that you may have suggested. It's my choice when you're guiding me into a meditation where I go is mine. That's my responsibility. And there's a place there where we're typically not taking responsibility for ourselves. And that's part of why we give our authority away. And we want to bring compassion to that part of ourselves. It's not to shame ourselves mm-hmm. for like, oh, look at you. Try not to take responsibility and giving your power away so you can project. Right. That's not it either, right? That's not that. That's still looking at it from that dualistic perspective. We want to come in and we want to say, okay, I am personally responsible for what's happening inside of myself in relationship to the world. And this is part of teaching us how to tap into that remembrance and the womb for women. And if you don't have a womb, we we connect to the spirit of the womb. And for men, it's the Hara. And for transgender folk who were men and who are identifying as women, we actually build a spiritual uh, metaphysical womb. And we actually can connect to our womb center as our oracle. And when the womb is clear, when, in, when we are connected to our womb center, to our hara, to Mother Earth, to the divine wisdom of that great mystery, we are able to then listen a little bit more deeply and clearly hear and see. Mm. Wow, powerful. Mm. There's one more piece I wanted to speak to. And mm-hmm. um, in the in my own personal journey, I did a lot of uh, indoctrination of myself. So I would like go to India and I would sit with the Dalai Lama for a few years. I would, uh, when I was um, on sabbatical, I would like listen to every new age teacher and I would take notes and I like really indoctrinated myself with all of these different philosophies and all of these different ways of being and believing the world. And then what I started to see in my own experience is that it's actually a little bit different and there's something that all of it is missing for me. And that is coming in and being able to acknowledge what it is that's actually true for us. Because what we typically do in the new age world, right? We have a feeling I'm angry. And then we, we maybe say, well, you shouldn't be angry and you should, you know, say this affirmation. Mm -hmm. You should let it go already. And you should say this affirmation. And so that's, that's one of the steps in the wise womb way. But it's not the first one, because in a way, what that's doing is, let's say I have a cut, which I actually do, uh, on my ankle from hitting a rock when I was at the ocean, <laughs> those darn mm-hmm. mother rocks. Uh-huh. Sure. <laughs> let's say I just put a Band-Aid on it, and I didn't tend to it. It's going to turn into a staph infection very quickly, especially in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. And I actually have to tend to that wound, right? So when we're going in and we're saying, this is what I'm noticing, this is what I'm sensing, this is what I'm experiencing, by listening, feeling, acknowledging, then that's us tending to that wound rather than putting the Band-Aid on it. So once we tend to the wound, then we can say, we can change the narrative and we can come up with an affirmation that changes the narrative of that belief. But we first need to notice it acknowledge it and give it what it needs. Mm. Yes. Yes. This is so resonant with the work I've been doing with my clients. And it's just, it's such a passion of mine because I, I've experienced um, in the new age community and culture, that tendency of, of bypass basically. And like, Oh, like you said, with that example of anger of, Oh, I shouldn't be angry. Um, I should be in love and light and I should be grateful. So, you know, let's just put the bandaid over and pretend it's not there. Yes, exactly. The So um, it's very much taught 
and our collective new agey philosophy. Mm-hmm. So again, there isn't to be shame to add. We don't need to add shame to that. Mm-hmm. It's okay to feel everything that we feel because that's what's true. And it's just like tending to a young child. You don't say like, stop tantruming, right? Like that's not going to work. Right. right? Tend to that child. What happens if you ignore that child? They're going to be louder. They're yeah. going to need more. And so in the same way, we need to tend to these aspects of ourself. And if we don't tend to them, then they become festery. Then they become to actually govern our lives. Yeah. Because what is unconscious, what we're denying, actually takes up a whole lot of energy in order to hide from ourselves. Yep. I am. It's reminding me of that phrase, um, which which comes in many different ways. But that phrase of like, "What you resist persists." It's kind of that same energy of what you keep knocking down, especially the wounded, tender parts of us that are just you know, begging for our attention and care. If we keep shoving them down or making them wrong, they're just going to get louder because there's still these unaddressed needs, you know, and yes, bitterness. It's just right there. Can't we see this in our relationships with our beloveds? Mm-hmm. This is a, you know, this metaphor can be used in all of our ways of relating with food, with Um, any addiction with a beloved, with family members, with friends, if we don't acknowledge somebody for how they feel, right, it's going to turn into a mess. Mm -hmm. Relationships. We have to give that also to ourselves. And part of this is also not skipping over ourselves because oftentimes the the female, the uh, feminine, I want to say not the female, the feminine, which speaks to the energy of the feminine, not just females, um, the feminine wound is that of often giving of service, giving of ourselves for others' benefit. And that's wonderful. That's a beautiful Buddhist way of being, right? That's very much in our spiritual communities. Like give of yourself, be of service, do it without wanting anything in return. And then we have like a whole world full of codependents who actually get their value from giving to other people, but then they forget to give to themselves. And so part of that feminine wound is forgetting ourselves. So these practices are actually ways to start to not bypass our own self. Mm. Actually start giving ourselves what we need. And once we are able to do that, that begins to change our relationship. Our sacred needs are those needs that won't rest until they're met. Mm. So crucial. And I'm reminded of um, a woman I was working with um, very recently, and we were exploring a dynamic in her relationship um, where her needs weren't being met. And we were uncovering um, the, the, the homework or the practice of, of little moments throughout the day, asking herself, what do I need right now? From little moments like food or these little decisions to the big ones to just like a pause and it was so powerful for her because she said to me, I, I have never asked myself that. And it was so powerful to, to, like, to start exploring that because it is when you're not tending to that and not you know, having that relationship with yourself – of course, your relationships are, you're not going to be, you know, of course your needs aren't going to be met in your relationship. Yeah. 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 And so I'm, I'm wondering, this is, this feels such a juicy thread, the relational piece. And I know that's an area that um, is a central piece of your work. Um, I'm wondering if there's any part of that you want to speak to of um, what you see showing up relationally, um, how that's connected to this wise womb way. I, I really love that piece of the womb being a central hub for men and women. And, and we all come from our womb, every single person here. So um, yeah, I'm curious. I don't have a specific question, but anything that you see really alive in the work you're doing in the wise womb path around relationships and this, this whole journey yeah, it's a huge conversation. So what, whenever you're listening to me speak, it's always like, I'm always going to be able to only be speaking to certain aspects of it. It's not the whole picture. So just for all of you listening, just know that 
one thing that's really present for me right now is looking at transactional love and really looking at what is transactional love. So oftentimes we're taught, if you give me this, then I'll love you. Uh And if you don't do this or you don't give me this, then I'm going to take something away. And there is this thing of like consequence, if you speak your need, that there's a consequence to it. And a lot of us have been taught that through our familial wounding. If you do this, then I'll love you. If you do that, you're a disappointment. And so I'm really looking at how do we get out of transactional love, where we can actually begin to speak our needs, not from a place of entitlement, but from a place of actual truth. So there's also something on social media is where I notice a lot of this um, because there's a lot of, you know, quotes that go up and, and Mm -hmm. the quotes are only speaking to one aspect of the possibility, right? Right. If you do this, then I'll love you. If you do that, then I'm going to take this away from you. And so how can we start to meet our sacred need to really speak from our truth, not our truth from our ego, because there's something else like, I'm going to speak my truth. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's very different than I'm going to, I need to speak my truth here. Something that's true for you is different than something that's true for you, right? Like there's mm-hmm. very different yes. voice, right? Yeah. And so we can all tell. And maybe some of us aren't, don't have those muscles strengthened um, as a metaphor to understanding what our truth feels like. But when we are connected to true love, to pure, unconditional love, there isn't a contraction around it. Mm. There's actually a softness, a surrendering into it. So my truth is, this was my experience. My truth is that this is what you did. Mm-hmm. This was my experience, and I feel this way. Hmm. That's a very different way of relating than you did this to me. And it's not to say also in the temple we actually do a practice. It's like conscious ranting where we uh, sit couples across from each other or friends or what, whomever, and we just like consciously rant. And we're just like, you fucking did this, and you did that, and you hurt me, and I hate you, and you did this, and I hate it, and da-da-da. Right teaching how to be able to start to witness someone in their experience. And if we can start to allow ourselves to witness someone's experience and to do the same practice that we're teaching ourselves to do with ourselves, but now take that into the art of relating Mm -hmm. where we can actually start to wit now what notice what's happening for them, witness them, acknowledge them in whatever they're experiencing. And then your job as the witness is to, is to notice where it goes for you. It's not about you. Someone's experience is not about you necessarily. It's about them. Mm-hmm. And what we typically do in relationship is if you say, well, my experience and you did this, I make it about me. And then I start defending from that place. If I defend from that place, you're not going to feel seen, heard, or witnessed, or acknowledged. And then it's going to turn into a he said, she said, you said, they said, you did. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you, if that ever starts, just stop and walk away. (laughs) Yeah, totally. It's funny. It's never going to win. (laughs) Yeah, it just never, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't end well. It's funny, my uh, partner and I were talking, he works with couples a lot too, and we had kind of thought of this phrase it's like pain body ping pong and it's just like you just sometimes can go right you know back and forth to the defenses and their pain bodies up and then it pings on yours and then it pings back and forth back and forth and like you're describing it just just pause just pause take space and it's about seeing and witnessing and acknowledging someone in their experience yeah And if we can start to do that for ourselves, when we're triggered, my loves, by the way, all of the work that we do on the spiritual plane, all of this kind of like personal, I call it like um, inner alchemy, when we're doing this kind of work, the the place to put it into action is when we're triggered and pissed and in relationship, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Just FYI, because people are, you know, there's often like a disconnect. Right. There. 
And so we need to learn how to do it for ourselves so that we can then do it with other people, with our relationships. And then we have sacred communication where we can actually sit as a witness and I can say, I feel you, I see you. I'm so sorry that's your experience. And it doesn't like, there's another piece there where we tend to not want to say we're sorry because we don't feel like we did anything wrong. But you don't have to be wrong to apologize to someone for how they feel. I'm so sorry that's how you're feeling. What can I do? And really they're trying to teach you how to treat them by sharing with you their experience. And there's no shame in not knowing how to treat people because we're all very different. And Mm -hmm. I treat you the way I want to be treated and you treat me the way you want to be treated, but maybe I don't treat you the way you want to be treated, right? And maybe you don't treat me the way I want to be treated. And so we actually have to teach people how to treat us. And so by sharing our experience, that is information that we can then take in to our hearts and then start to meet that person speaking their language rather than trying to insert ours. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I feel really touched by that, that space of witnessing and, and offering the, the seeing and, and the empathy and, and like you're describing, taking it in, in as information. It's just so powerful. And I also really, my heart just lights up when you're speaking about the the truth and where that comes from. And I see that a lot too. And I have so much, just the depth of compassion for it because for myself, I was coming from that place so long, kind of this entitled space of like, oh, let me tell you. Um, And what I found is, is when it's my truth, it has this felt sensation of like an offering, just like an open palm, just like, here it is. And that for me has been such a, this thing that you're speaking to has been so huge with finding my truth, with, with communicating it, with having this whole new way of, of relating that is really like you described alchemy and it is the hot seat. It's like the, the playground in which to really embody and, and use the tools and really um, do the work like inner and outer. It's, it's so connected relationally and that's why it's such a spark in my heart and I can feel it as such a theme in your work too. So yes, it's it's a (laughs) link from what I see as I said, like studying all of these modalities and all of these different philosophies and, and going deeply into them for, for like 25 years. Yeah. And then to go into, oh, should I actually have to unravel some of this? Because, oh my God, I'm giving of service, but to my own sacrifice. Mm. And I actually get to matter as well. And I have needs as well that need to be met. And so maybe what if I didn't have to give of myself for everybody else's benefit? That actually becomes martyrdom. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be a martyr. That sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. And it actually feels terrible. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So there's, yes, it's so beautiful. Yes, be of service. Yes, be of kindness. And also be true. And like, what is authenticity? Authenticity is when we're dropped into our truth, not our truth, but our truth that has that visceral felt sense of connection to all parts of ourselves, to Mother Earth and to the divine wisdom, the great mystery. When we're connected to that place in my loves, we can't always be connected there, by the way. I have a saying, you can't always be your higher fucking self. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yes. And then we can start to look at, okay, am I giving because I truly want to give of my heart? Is this a true yes? Or am I doing this out of obligation? Or one thing that I've learned in my, my role in um, transactional relationship is that I emotionally blackmail myself in the past to saying, well, the consequence is too high to speak my need, so I'm just going to suffer and deal with the consequences of in myself mm-hmm. instead of telling the person instead of sharing it here because it may not be heard. It may not be understood. Uh, for instance, you know, I was in a, a healing situation where I was a, receiving and the person was doing something to me that I really didn't want done, but I didn't have 
I was like, well, honestly, the consequence of speaking that is going to be too high. So I'll just let them finish doing whatever they're doing, which I, I know many of us have also had within our sexual relationships. Right. I'll just finish it and then I'll just, you know, whatever, be done with it. But that's the where I was emotionally blackmailing myself, which means I'm a co-participant in the transactional relationship. Mm-hmm. Right. Engaging in the whole creation of it. So where can you start to identify what your sacred needs are and where can you start to hold boundaries, not from a place of trying to push people away or out, but rather to make more room and spaciousness for yourself to exist and to receive. Mm. This feeling of like including yourself can be such a, a deep diving journey. And I know so many of us are, doing that work and uncovering that and the I love that phrase you're you're using of transactional relationships um I haven't heard that phrase before and I I am yeah it's a powerful one to shine light on and and the conditional love of if you know this fear of losing connection if you have needs or if fill in the blank I'll lose this external connection and often Yes, oftentimes codependency, um, we tend to give up safety in order to get love. Mm. And so, you know, that's a huge, that's actually a huge, like it sounds so simple, but it's a huge right. thing. <laughs> it's ginormous in our world. Like, oh, well, I'll give up myself because you're not going to give me what I need, but I would rather stay in this disharmonious relationship than to be alone. Mm -hmm. I'd rather feel at least a little bit of love that's conditional than no love at all. And that's where we start to, I call it emotional blackmail ourselves, emotional Mm -hmm. blackmail ourselves. Where are we, you know, like, oh, well, let's say I need to be friends with my uh, father or my boyfriend, like, or my ex-boyfriend, whatever it is, because they blah, 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 or with clients, right? Like this client isn't really a match for me, or this student isn't really a match for me, but I got to do this because I need money. Or like, where are we emotionally blackmailing ourselves? Because those places are where we're keeping ourselves in the cycle of transactional relationship. That's where we're playing the part in it. Mm -hmm. We're actually equally co-participating in it. Because if we stop enabling that behavior, if we stop emotionally blackmailing ourselves, then those relationships either fall away or shift. Right. Right. Yeah, this feels so relevant for me. I, I recently noticed my own, my own process that one of my key things that kind of let me know that I'm doing that emotional blackmailing is when I go, well blah, 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 you know, or the, the kind of logic comes into play in an arena where it doesn't really belong. <laughs> uh, the emotional blackmail I notice is very justifying. It yes. Just, yes. Um, and that, that place of justification is a trap of its own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I guess I'll do that for free because they asked me to, because maybe then I'll get more exposure and did it. And then you, you know, you do whatever it is. And then you're like, oh my God, I gave like, you know, a uh, hundred hours to something and got like no reciprocation. Right. You know, or I mean, it can, the metaphor can work in so many different ways. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm glad we're speaking to it because it can be sneaky. It can it's be really uh, sneaky, but well, very powerful. That's the thing about all of these parts that I speak to is they're the sneaky parts of the self. Yeah. They're the sneaky parts of the fragmented parts of ourselves that have been denied or disowned or forgotten. And yeah. so process of the wise womb way is actually shining light on these aspects of self that we're not in touch with. Because let me tell you, I've been doing this work for 25 years. I've seen over 60,000 clients. I've trained 50 practitioners around the world this year. It'll be 72. And I've literally like traveled around the world and taught, right? So I have like a level of embodiment here. Well, the other day, my friend was like, oh, you know, 
um, I, I may, I may have a lead on a house that you can rent for short term while you're in HANA. And I was like, Oh my God, that would be amazing. And it sounded so beautiful. And then I repeated it to a friend. And then as I repeated it, I had this feeling and this little voice that was like, you're not worthy of that kind of magic. And I was like, what? That's so, that's so not a voice that I would think that I have. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I'm like, look at what I've done. I'm like, what? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, wow, that's weird. And normally we would just skip over it, right? So I took a moment and I was like, wow, I'm not worthy. And I sat with it for a moment. I'm not worthy. And then I sat and I felt it. I felt all the sensation around it. I heard the storyline. And then I said, what is it that you need? And then I gave that part what it needs. And then I can change the narrative and do like the affirmation. But if I just went right over that and put the affirmation on it, I wouldn't have felt that part that feels unworthy. And it's very true for that part. Mm. It needs to be seen. It needs to be acknowledged. It needs to be witnessed. Mm. So know that whatever is arising, whether it's resistance, whether it's um, emotional blackmail, whether it's uh, defensiveness, whatever it is, we can start to come into the connection to our felt sense of what's happening in our body. Mm. Such beautiful work, such beautiful, powerful work. And I feel like I could talk to you about this for hours and hours. I know we're... There's we're, like one last piece that I want to make sure that I speak yeah, to. Yeah, please. Um, there was one piece that I wanted to say. I was talking to a student on the phone today, and um, I wanted to say something about back to giving our authority away, is the healers often on Instagram and social media and stuff, we make it look like we're perfect. Mm -hmm. And... One thing that that's setting up is that clients and students end up giving us their authority because we're making it look perfect. And even if it's not that we're asking for it, it's something that just happens with power dynamic. And so part of my um, process in this work is to let everybody know that I'm just as fucked up as I am amazing, like everybody else. Right. But it's not like I'm a healer and I have some special superpower that you don't have. A huge foundational part of this work is to remember that you are your own inner oracle, that you are an empowered human being carrying your own medicine, walking this path of Mother Earth with your own unique gifts that you're here to bring, no matter what it looks like. It doesn't need a label on it. But we are all equally as fucked up as we are amazing. And if we can own all of that aspect of ourselves and actually start to show it, the messy side, then maybe we can start to dissolve those perfect pictures of projection so that people don't feel like when they're giving us their authority that we don't actually take it. Because hmm. it's not my, I don't want your power. I want you to have your power. I don't want your authority. I want you to connect and remember your own. And sure, we can all, as healers, as facilitators, we're really facilitators more than healers because we're actually not in the wise womb way, in the wise womb medicine path. We're not doing something to you. We're in co-creation and we're doing it together. You have to be, my love, an equal participant to show up for a relationship coaching. Yeah? You mm -hmm. have to participant to show up for self-love. I can't give you self-love. Right. I can open the, the space. I can hold it. I can be a guide. I can co-facilitate it with you, but you have to do it. Yeah. Mm. Oh, and so I just need to speak to that because it's really been something that I'm noticing in the healing arts that we need to start to do a little bit more of so that we can change those odd power dynamics that have manifested. Yes. In balance. In yes. Yeah. I'm really stoked you're speaking to that because I think it is so important and it, it almost is, I think there's this tendency to, to mask and, and have that pers like perfect persona, especially in, in like any business or any industry. It's like, look like you have it put together. And I think it's, it's, there's almost like an extra I don't know if danger is the right word or like extra 
um, slipperiness to it in the spiritual realm too, because because there can be such a tendency um, to give give the power away or to to see the other as as totally healed and there to heal you. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, please don't put that on me. I hate pressure. <laughs> I, like pressure. I know, I know, and it's fascinating because. Because I, you know, I actually, now I actually trust someone I'm looking for support to more when I see their humanness, when they share their mess. There's, there's actually a deeper connection and trust in them in their work, which is so different than maybe an old paradigm or an old way or a tendency to mask and be perfectly packaged. So it's, it's really fascinating. And it's coming out now with like John of God, what just, and with all of these different spiritual healers and leaders. It's like we have to start to show our fucked up so that we're not in denial and shame of it. Mm-hmm. And how it, then it comes out in a really distorted way. Yeah, exactly. And one last piece that I wanted to speak to around that. Can I just see if it comes through real quick? Yes. Yes. Perfect. So let's all together just take a few deep breaths. And just breathing into our bellies. For women, we can breathe all the way down to the center of our pelvic bowl, to the womb space. For men, just below the belly button into your hara. There's no standard, like something with the healing arts and the way that it's being portrayed. We typically also have to, in order to be successful, we have to market to manipulate people. Like I have something that you need and you'll be fulfilled once you come to me. And that also, my loves, needs to stop the humanity, the part of the parts of us that are going to healers and going to study with people need to know that the work will never be complete. That's why we're here to do it. When we forgive someone, it's not we forgive them and then we're done. We have to keep forgiving them every time it comes up for us, every time it arises, right? We have to forgive that part of ourselves and we have to forgive that being, that person. And so it's not a one line, a one straight line thing. No one class is going to give you everything you need. No one healer is going to like be the thing that gets you. And one thing that in the wise womb way, we don't market to say that we have something that you're going to be fulfilled for the rest of your life when you get it. That may actually happen. That may be a side effect <laughs> that mm-hmm. there's more fulfillment in your life. However, there's this thing in the marketing realm where we're actually letting the marketing manipulate us. And I want to bring just, I wanted to speak to it to bring awareness to that because that's actually playing a part in it, in this whole disharmony of transactional relationship and disempowerment and giving our authority away. And so if we as healers can kind of stop doing that and stop playing it, then maybe people can start to actually find the people that are their true match instead of being manipulated to joining something. It's like, listen to the call of your heart Listen to the call and the feeling and the felt sense in your body when you're actually feeling that, that call to work with somebody or to be with them. Because it's very different than like, ooh, you know, if you sign up for this webinar, I'm going to get you 5,100 clients. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you do my Kundalini activation series, you're going to be an ascended master who's then going to have a buttload of time. <laughs> <laughs> Ocean views and great sex and amazing orgasms. It's like right. this is fucking messy. When you yeah. do work, it is not the beautiful pictures of crystals and circle cushions. It's fucking messy. There's yeah. dirty pants on the floor. You might throw up. You might cry. You have resistance. Like we need to start remembering that it's inclusive. That although the space we hold may be beautiful, what arises may not be, and that's okay. Hmm. Yes. Mm, so grateful you spoke to that. That was really important. And 
Uh, yeah, I feel such a big smile on my face right now. And I could go on a whole other <laughs> discussion on what you just shared, but it just feels very poignant and, and very present. So thank you for bringing that in. And I'm wondering, so if, if anyone's listening to our conversation right now and feels that spark in their heart or this resonant feeling of yes, or even just a curiosity about your work and wanting to learn more and and what offerings you have. Um, Could you share just a little bit um, of of what's available? What's, what's present in your offering in your business right now? Yes. So my personal work, I do one-on-one sessions, couples sessions, and I do, um, um, mostly remote work right now and some in-person work on the island of Maui and wherever I'm traveling to. And you can find me at uh, uh, naomilove.org. And then through the school Wise Womb Medicine Path, we have so many free offerings for you. We have a Last year, we created an amazing fertility summit for women who want to cultivate a more fertile ground and relationship with their womb, whether for conscious conception or for just their own joy and pleasure of living life in a woman and female body. And then, uh, so there's that available to you. This year, we're putting on a uh, Wise Womb Way Symposium where I've gathered 32 speakers from around the world to talk on really incredibly important and deep topics. And it's a very varied uh, symposium. So it's not specific. It's just specific to living life as a human being. It's for lay people and practitioners. And so we have that uh, in February. And then you'll, if you sign up, you get free access to each day. And it's about eight days long. And then we also have a beautiful lunar womb temple that I created for women uh, to go through. It's a 13-month program. And it's uh, really going going gently and tenderly into connecting to the womb space and starting to incorporate the self-inquiry and some of these practices to be able to start to um, clear past lovers and imprints and whatever is being stored in the womb space while also building a deeper relationship to uh, the middle world, which is like um, the tangible uh, nature spirits and what we call non-ordinary reality and shamanism. And then we do like a guided yoni puja. It's like a really incredible, beautiful, self-paced 13 uh, moon program. And then uh, we have an apprenticeship program where I train practitioners uh, to uh, do this work with their communities and um, and then lots of blogs and webinars and membership portals and all sorts of things. So you can... Hmm. Uh, wisewombmedicinepath.com uh, to check it out and check out the blog and there's all the podcasts that I've been on as well and different um, videos and things that I've created for you. So we do a lot to really try to build. Our goal is to build first community and um, sisterhood and brotherhood uh, uh, that's truly actually supportive and connected and heartfelt and heart-centered. Mm, gorgeous. Lots of... Lots of yummy offerings and ways to connect. And um, yeah, wow. Thanks for sharing that. And I'm um, yeah, excited to explore your work more also. And I'm just so grateful for all you shared. And I, um, yeah, I can feel it just landing and um, everyone's hearts and bodies and souls, this transmission and this wisdom that you're sharing. So thank you for taking the time to share with us part of your journey and also your work. It's just so beautiful and really important. So thank you. Thank you, sweetheart, so much for having me and for uh, honoring uh, this work and for doing what it is that you're doing and the gifts that you're sharing with your community and with the world. I very much appreciate you. And to all the listeners, thank you as well for even being here. And if anything resonated with you, just really allow that transmission to come into your bones by just breathing it in, taking it in to your skin, into your heart, and just letting it settle there. Even if it doesn't go into the mind, you can still receive it into your, into your heart. Thank you for tuning in and dropping in with us today. It's my prayer that our conversation nourished you and brought you closer home to yourself. 
be sure to check out the show notes for resources and links that we mentioned during uh, the show today, along with a link on how to become a supporting member of the podcast, which, by the way, honestly includes some really freaking cool perks. And if you'd like this podcast and its message to reach more sisters, be sure to leave us a review or rating on Apple Podcasts. With loads of love and aloha, bye for now.